0: Hey guys, before we kick off this episode, we just want to let you know that we are now live on Patreon. So if you've enjoyed the series so far and you want us to release episodes more frequently, or you want to hear our new bonus series, Chunks of Dar, in which Kral and I grill Darren, or you just want to jump on Discord and shoot the shit with us, head over to patreon.com forward slash laying down the lore and sign up today. Alrighty, let's roll. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Laying Down the Lore, a monthly podcast in which we aim to separate our ghouls from our goblins, our snotlings from our skaven storm fiends, and our bloodthirsters from our bloodletters, and generally ask, what's up with this Warhammer stuff? My name is Ben Crome Barber, and I know fuck all about Warhammer. With me is my co host, Christopher Krallen Allen. Hello. Who also knows fuck all about Warhammer. Very true. And my <laughs> dear brother. <laughs> <laughs> dramatic pause <laughs> and my dear brother darren hello who knows so much about warhammer it's a wonder he has time to do anything else after gathering online to slay some vermin in the name of sigmar this dichotomy between our levels of understanding became clear and this series is an attempt to address that ignorance good morning fellas Hey good all
1: morning good morning How's it
0: going? <laughs> oh God! It's another musical episode, another <laughs> Kralin musical. <laughs> I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> oh God! Brace yourselves, oh, Sigmar. Give me strength. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, um,
0: so, speaking of songs, the Scaven Choir have been back in touch. Oh Shit. no! They've uh, they've sent us a message. I can't really tell you what the message says because it's just a series of squeaks, but I think what they're trying to get over is their appreciation for Darren's you know, very accurate and in-depth translation of their lore and their history. And um, I think they're, they're trying to say thank you. And so they've, they've sent us a song. They did write one part of the, uh, this um, message in common, so I was able to read it. And it's, uh, it's a dedication to you, Chris, uh, for your really? rendition of Benny Hill.
1: Oh no, bring it on. (laughs) right i'm flattered it sounds like a really shit scratch dj (laughs) but thanks
0: yeah I'll, i'll pass you thanks on
2: I like that. That was your first take, crowd. Because all I can think of is the image of rats with in lingerie being chased
1: <laughs> 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 through different doors.
2: <laughs> maybe
0: that's just me. Who knows? <laughs> it did. It did turn into a bit of a kind of farmyard fest at the end. It you did. Yeah, there was a, a cow. Yeah, there was a cow and a dog and, and some cats. I don't know. Maybe they just brought in some, you know, additional menagerie additional talent. Yeah, exactly.
2: I'm worried that this was recorded in the hell pit which is where Clan Moulder merges all the animals together.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The sounds that you heard were actually all from one animal. Ben. (laughs) (laughs) You animal.
1: (laughs) Right. Crowley, what happened last month, mate? What happened? What didn't happen last month? It was all about the Skaven and... I think the Skaven got a bit too big for their boots, didn't they? They tried to overthrow a couple of civilizations. First, they had a dig at the Empire. That didn't work. Then they decided to have a go at the Bretonians. That not work. That also didn't work. And then shit just kind of fell apart, didn't it? They had their civil war and things got really out of hand, and they just kind of scattered. At the same time, whilst the Skaven were falling out with one another, Clan Pestilence were sabotaging votes, Clan scryer tried to take control. A, a massive chaos army descended on the Empire, so the Skaven thought, well, hang on, guys, hang on, hang on, let's put our ratty differences aside, regrouped, summoned the Grey Seers, had some mad ritual sacrificing slaves, which summoned the Horned Rat, who then began to eat his own kind, right? Just scooping up handfuls of Skaven.
0: As worshippers.
1: Yeah, really cannibalistic. Some really weird sex fest going on. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and out of that, one thing led to another. A new council of 13 was formed, which ironically only consisted of 12, I think. Is that right, Darren? Mm. Who have ruled ever since. yes. And they've kind of just kind of... Kept themselves to themselves, the Skaven, uh, actively kept themselves undercover. And, didn't didn't and the horned
0: rat leave them like a big pillar covered in his commandments?
2: Yes, it's
1: referred to as the pillar of the commandments.
2: Well, there you go, <laughs>
0: the aptly named.
1: Nice. So yeah, I felt a bit sorry for the Skaven. They had a few goes, and so uh, even don't need your sympathy. They really do. They may not say <laughs> it, but you can see it in their eyes. Like <laughs> pity us. So, the first attack against the Empire they tried, Darren, that was after was that pretty much after the Battle of Cripple Peak. and
2: uh, yes, it was a few yeah. hundred years after, yeah,
1: so they kind of regrouped after the epic Battle of Cripple Peak where they didn't do themselves any favors by poisoning the Dwarves. and there was that battle on two fronts, that epic battle. Yeah, they unleashed the black plague, didn't they? Well, I've got. I, I, was it the red pox or the black plague that they unleashed on the empire to weaken them initially?
2: It was the black plague, I think.
1: Some really awful disease which weakened them, and it, it killed like thirty percent of of humans or the empire, didn't it? It was really, it really decimated them. But then, ironically, karma struck, and the virus backfired, mutated, and started attacking the Skaven. Yeah. True. Yuck. Yeah. Actually, I don't know why I'm saying yeah. No, it's
0: terrible. It was an awful. Was an awful time in history.
1: <laughs> oh, it's all coming out now. The PR representative, Skaven shows his oh, true colour. As soon as as soon as things start looking a bit bleak, he turns coat. <laughs> Slander. And goes, Oh, I never I never liked the Skaven anyway. <laughs> Slander. You spineless. I've just PR recently agent.
0: had a a job offer from the Dark Elves. So uh uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thinking uh-huh, of a jumping ship. Uh-huh. I'll be honest with you. No. I'm, not, I'm not sure. I, I might be going from the frying pan to the fire there, but, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say, one should always turn down offers from Dark Elves. Oh, okay.
1: Well, you, right. you'd fit in there because the leader of the Dark Elves, didn't he kind of bail? He, he did the kind of walking through the coal of Bath of Fire or the Flaming Flume or something like that, I thought, remember? I thought, I thought you and were
0: going to say I, I could relate to him because I was dating my mother. What? I thought that's what you were about to because he was dating his mother. He was a mother lover. Well, and, I mean, if the cat so, fits, me,
1: I mean, if. That's well, no, what I you're thought into. that's what you were implying. I'm not dating my mother. You're the one bringing it up, pal. Darren. <laughs> and, Are you his brother or his uncle? Uh, Which one is it? <laughs>
2: I'm his, I'm his bunkle. He's <laughs> my fun weird.
1: uncle, my full uncle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was saying you've got something in common with the Dark Elves because the leader of the Dark Elves, he bailed on that, you know, test of strength or will or character, didn't he? Oh, he was like, He Oh, yeah, these, these coals are too hot. Action, yeah. So I'm, I'm yeah. bailing because I'm a flake and you're a flake. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nothing to do with yeah. sleeping with mothers. Yeah, Definitely the flake. Yeah. And you slept with your own mother. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> Don't you speak about my mother like that? <laughs> anyway, enough about you. Back to the Skaven. We also <laughs> saw the crowning of Mandred Skaven Slayer. Previously, Mandred von Zelt, who was was it? Was he like yep. the the mayor or something of Middenheim? The only the only bastion.
2: He was, was the Elector
1: Count. The the Elector yeah, the Count. The
2: Elector Count of <clears throat> Middenheim.
1: Okay, yeah. So, and, and Middenheim were only, like, one of the few bastions of the Empire that could actually hold back these uh, these waves of attack of the Skaven. Correct. And so, uh, yeah, he manned up and chopped the fucking head of uh, the Lord of the Gay, didn't he? Gino Chop! He did indeed. Yeah, so that was the war over versus the Empire anyway. And yeah, like I say, they didn't learn. They decided a few hundred years later to regroup and attack the Bretonians, and uh, that fell on its arse after the Wood Elves came to the uh, rescue, right? Yeah, Wood Elves. Yes. Yeah, man. Yeah.
0: Maybe I'll go and do PR for them. That's a better idea.
1: Oh, man, you're such a sellout. <laughs> Commit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, fine. I I reject any claims that the black plague mutated of its own volition. It was a conspiracy by some people in the Empire. The Skavens are completely innocent in it. We when we make a plague, we fucking make a plague. Do you know what I mean? Like we don't make one that
1: mutates. That is slander. Your integrity is in tatters. Within one intro, (laughs) you've flipped from hating the Skaven, trying to get in with the Dark Elves, considering getting in with the Wood Elves, sleeping with your own mother, (laughs) and now you're back with the Skaven. (laughs) Again, slander. (laughs) Moving on. Anyway, so that brings us full circle to the current mishmash of Skaven society, scattered all over the place, not really doing too much. Uh, where do we go from here, Darren?
2: Well, first, let me say that that is almost 100% accurate if you look at it through a fun, fair, wonky mirror. <laughs> so that was that was a great roundup. It was. Thank I'm you. I'm impressed.
1: So, episode nine, where are we? Where are you taking us? Where are we heading?
2: <laughs> What's the crack? Um, so this episode, I thought we'd have a look at the Skaven clans that make up the Skaven Empire, and just have a look at their hierarchies, some of the more interesting troop types and weapons. The current condition of the Skaven, as we left off last episode, are the kind of Batman-esque villains that are just operating in the shadows, killing off as many people who learn about them as possible, and raiding at the edges of the Empire and other realms of men. This is punctuated by significant battles every now and then, but these are usually written off as beastmen attacks, either by ignorant scholars or by nobles who have been paid off by the Skaven uh, to run their misinformation campaigns. So I thought we'd have a quick look at their under-empire, which is their own kingdom, and then dive into the hierarchy and the clans. The Skaven Under Empire, if you can imagine a spread out world map, looks very much like a map of the London Underground. It connects under major population centres of other races, but also they have their own cities, warrens, and population sites. So the most common elements of the Under Empire are the massive highways and tunnels between these things, and these very much uh, a bastardized parody of the Dwarven Underway, which is this marvel of Dwarven uh, architecture and excavation, where you have these very intricately carved, intricately decorated highways between the Dwarven holds. If you could imagine that, but they're very rough hewn, carved out of rock, the occasional chunk of warp stone, littered with skeletons, usually of night goblins. Who also dwell underground and any remains of armies that have tried to come in to the Skaven Under Empire to destroy them. So these things are, you know, in some instances, half a mile wide and ostensibly hundreds of miles long. And that allows for a huge, teeming mass of vermin to travel in either direction. Now, have any of you ever seen the videos of the mouse plagues they get in Australia?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's like that, but in a confined space. Wow. Um,
1: <laughs> Shudder.
2: Now, these, these underway tunnels or under-Empire tunnels, they are... Incredibly humid because the amount of body heat and sweat and urine that's given off by these creatures as they move back and forth in, you know, their multitudes builds up this kind of fetid, clawing atmosphere that's really the Skaven kind of live in 24-7.
1: The Skaven like that. Do, Do they have serious cases of agoraphobia amongst some of the Skaven? Like, wide open <laughs> spaces. Don't do it. No, 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 no. Too vulnerable. Too vulnerable. <laughs> Put me back in a hole.
2: I mean, yeah, you see that with a number of races that are subterranean, or to use a fancy word, troglodytic. Um, a fancy word. Um, fancy. And it's only really fear of being killed by their leaders is what drives Skaven kind of spiritually anyway. So they will only come out if there's a chance of survival. Uh, against automatic death,
0: you mentioned the kind of skeletons of of other races that have kind of come in to try and attack the Skaven. I was going to ask, you know, are there any documented cases of raids into the Under Empire? Have any races tried to kind of, you know, go to the core and 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 you know, cut the head off the snake, sort of thing?
2: The short answer is no. There have been localized incursions where dwarves or the orcs and goblins they're the two races that most commonly engage the skaven on kind of a daily basis Mm. and we can cover those specific incursions in their kind of deep dives but really with the skaven they don't you know the value of a skaven life is so little that they don't really care if ten thousand skaven are wiped out so they don't really factor those kinds of incursions beyond the normal day-to-day battles and civil kind of strife that they have anyway. It's only really if the Skaven capture or lose you know, a base of operation that it would be noted.
0: Right. In your opinion, if all of the races on the World of Warhammer were to enter the Under Empire and attempt to completely wipe out the Skaven... Would it be possible?
2: No. Why not? The Under Empire is simply too big. You know, it's too big and the Skaven are too numerous. There's Mm. just simply too many settlements. I mean, we're talking about a small settlement of Skaven is about 10,000. And there Mm. would be literally tens of thousands of those kinds of settlements dotted around the Under Empire, Mm. you know, outside of the major... The major kind of settlements, which you're, you're talking about hundreds of thousands, up to half a million bodies yeah. at any given time, which themselves are underneath the uh, major urban centers in the empire. I mean, effectively what they do is they take the name of a city and stick the word under in front of it. So you've got <laughs> under Altdorf, under Middenheim, under Null.
0: Under
1: Scunthorpe. No, just Scunthorpe. (laughs) Just Scunthorpe. scunthorpe
2: (laughs) I mean, but but you do have a lot of mid-sized settlements dotted around. So the level of coordination that would be required is not only beyond the diplomatic capacity of the Warhammer world as written, it would also be pointless because, you know, a couple of hundred Skaven tucked away in some... Little hole somewhere could eventually rebuild the entire race.
0: Yeah, that's how they, because they, they really do breed like rapids, don't they? Well,
2: rats. They do indeed breed like rats.
1: How do they breed? Are there female Skaven? Well, (laughs) when a man Skaven and a woman Skaven love each other very much, they do a special (laughs) puddle and create
0: 10,000 children.
2: uh, yeah, there's never been any illustrations or discussion about female Skaven. So I imagine, you know, these huge kind of humid caverns where there's all these female, constantly pregnant scaven, right. giving birth left, right, and centre. Yeah.
1: Oh god. Wow. But that's just that's just speculation. There's no there's nothing written or understood no understood. About nothing it, written okay. at all. All that happens is you got a fucking bucket load of rats. From somewhere. Does it really matter where they come from? But there's loads of them.
2: So yeah, so the so some of the major strongholds within the Under Empire, you've got Under Altdorf, which is the capital of the Empire, which is so large that some of the leaders who form within the kind of Under Altdorf Council are seen as semi-rivals to the Council of Thirteen, and have heretically come to name Under Altdorf as New Scavenblight.
1: Oh, wow. Just Oof. a bit of like grudginess, a bit of envy, a bit of bitterness. Is that it? It's
0: like Edinburgh and Glasgow.
1: Keeping up with the Joneses, you know, looking uh. over the neighbour's yard thinking, "Yeah, his grass is a bit greener. <laughs> their their, their scaven blight's a bit scavenier. It's a word. <laughs> scavenier. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Yeah, but they, they were recently brought to task by the world-famous Seer Thankwall with about, you know, one in five of the population killed in a series of floods orchestrated by the treacherous Seer. So mm. it, it's halted down the, the growth of the Under-Altdorf population. But basically, yeah, don't fuck with the Council of Thirteen.
1: No, you know, one never should fuck with the councillor thirteen. Really, so there's a lot of bickering and pettiness between the Skaven clans. Generally, maybe maybe nothing kind of really uh, society destroying, but a lot of just bickering. You know what I mean?
2: Absolutely, yeah. 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 I mean, as I'd said, they're driven by fear. That's their fundamental motivation. So they're a relatively short-lived race unless they gain power, which brings Warpstone and Warpstone really starts to extend the life of a Skaven. So most of the named Skaven are 100 to 200 years old and some are mutated by the evil power that comes from Warpstone. Mm. But also, if you get to a position where you're able to get on the Council of Thirteen, then you're, you're going from centuries to a millennia because when you touch the Pillar of the Commandments and survive, that imbues you with a dark power uh, mm. which comes directly from the Horned Rat and that allows you then to take a longer view uh, and plan ahead for the domination of the Skaven.
1: Yeah, okay. Oh.
0: okay. Or that thing could kill you
2: yeah 99.99 percent of the time you dissolve in a uh, liquid green fire Wow
1: <laughs> that's some way to go but you might win the jackpot I like those odds <laughs> <laughs> I'll dig it <laughs>
3: It may surprise you that 1 in 13 Skaven families have only 67 or less offspring in their litter every birthing cycle. If you are one of these families and are looking for the support and advice to help increase your litter size, help is at hand. The Blight Department of Public Health provide free, friendly and confidential family planning clinics. Our experienced advisors, educated through Clan Mulder's esteemed College of Procreation and Hybridization, as well as our in-house perpetually pregnant breeders will help you achieve the litter size you desire and ensure the exponential growth of Skavenkind. Because as we all know, there's safety in numbers. Absolutely. Huge. Numbers. Come by your local Blight Family Planning Clinic and see how we can help you.
2: So there are a number of under cities, as it were. We've just briefly mentioned under Altdorf. There's under Middenheim, where if you remember, Middenheim is the city built on top of a a kind of rocky promontory, Mm. uh, which cannot be accessed by land unless it's over this kind of amazing bridge. So this gave an attack from below, as is their want. Mm but there's constant patrols. You're looking at a kind of a partnership between Imperial and Dwarven races that are guarding the tunnels and every now and then a small party of Skaven get into the city itself, but they're usually very quickly wiped out. But Middenheim is under like a constant siege, but because it gets its water source from above, they can't poison them like they did that dwarf hold. Do you mean for rainwater? Like that's they just that that's where they yeah. our- and, and ice. They they have a constantly clean water source, which oh, is right. really one of their biggest benefits. And is
0: Mittenhain the one where the, the humans and the dwarves, like the dwarves, do a lot of the manufacturing and stuff
2: there? No, that's that's the next one. That's null. That's oh, under null. Right. If if you're referring to like forages and making that's cannons yeah, and what yeah, have yeah. You. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's under none. So in the recent past, the warlord of Clan Scab tried to take over the city. So laid siege to the city from you know from the land and from the Under Empire, and it was going quite well until once again, Gracie or Thankwall, who uh, is a representative of the Council, threw. I'm not going to say cunning skill. It's usually happenstance and complete incompetence on his part. <laughs> um, they Basically, the magazines of gunpowder in the city were detonated. A third of the city collapsed and almost all of um, Clan Scab was destroyed.
1: So this was this was in Middenheim? No, in Nuln. In, this was Nuln. in Nuln, excuse me. Okay, yeah, All right. right, right, right. Yeah, yep, yep. yeah, yeah.
2: So there, I mean, we we dot around. There's uh, more cities of notes. There's a settlement which is not underneath the city, but it's a settlement. It's the most northernly settlement. Uh, it is called the Hell Pit, and that's the base of Clan Moulder. Sounds lovely. And I remember, Chris, I think it was the second or third episode. You said, "Why aren't the Skaven, you know, up in the north collecting as much warpstone if it's coming out mm. of the?" Chaos Gates. Well, this is where they do that from. It, it's the kind of most northerly base of the Under Empire. Uh, so we'll talk about Clan Moulder in uh, more detail later on. But yeah, this is the kind of flesh pits. This is where the monsters are created.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. It's it. It's a pretty grim place. <laughs> So dotted around the old world and the wider world, you have loads of these little cities. You've got the Black Chasm in Britonia, You've got Under Muslon, which is, I think we've mentioned it before, the Bretonian city of Muslon is under a vampiric curse. So the Skaven are constantly fighting against huge numbers of ghouls, oh, uh, yeah. zombies, and skeletons. So it, you can imagine it's very—it it echoes the warfare of the Battle for Cripple Peak. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly not a place you would want to find yourself.
1: Like the most of the world of Warhammer, <laughs> I don't think there's been one place <laughs> apart from the pompous Ulthuan city that you'd kind of want to go, and even there, the dicks. It's the moot, mate. That's that's where you wanna go, isn't it? Oh the moot, yeah, sorry. The, yeah, the moot yeah. is my that's my jam. Apparently you, yeah, apparently
0: absolutely. you end up smelling of fish or something after three days, but i, I fine, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll take fishy smell over deathy death, killy kill yeah. any day. <laughs> Pretty much.
2: Well, Pretty that's much. a t shirt if ever I heard one. <laughs> um, of course then there there are going to be a lot of huge bases near their their two most notorious foes one being the orcs and goblins the other being the dwarves so in with the orcs and goblins you're looking at uh, huge almost fortresses and barracks of charmingly named places such as fester spike <laughs> uh, foul peak and the inviting putrid swamp
1: <laughs> who names these wow. places and that that questions director at Ben the PR representative of the Scathe. We
0: have a we have a department that, that deals with it. You
1: know, yeah. it's <laughs> do you I have mean, a Jeff?
0: We, we have yeah, yeah, like
1: Scather and, yeah, Jeff. and Jeff.
0: Jeff Jeff Fester Spike. He was actually the inventor of the name <laughs> Fester Spike. <laughs> Jeff
1: Fester Spike.
0: But uh, yeah, no, we yeah, we have we deal with that in house.
1: Okay, yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> do better.
0: Too bad. Well, actually, I think we're doing great because the idea is that we want to name it to keep people away. And let me ask you, Chris, would you go on a holiday to Fester Spike or Fart Knocker or whatever the other ones
2: were? Fart (laughs) Knocker. It's like a parody of Hurt Locker. (laughs) Isn't Fart Knocker that Slaneshi-based resort? <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> that's for that's a niche uh, fetish, even for Slanesh. isn't it? Oh, no. That's like borderline. Oof, yeah, scat sex. Anyway, um, no, but I would probably, I'll probably go on a day trip to Pestilence, wherever Ville. <laughs> yeah, just to experience it, just to buy the
0: T-shirt. You know, you might not survive a trip to Pestilence Ville, though. Right, okay. Or you might grow a third arm or develop fur.
1: But it's worth it for those fish tacos. I hear they are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> the putrid palace. You need to go to the moot for fish tacos, mate.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the landlocked moot. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't buy fish from there, would you?
2: I mean, my biggest concern about going to festival would be developing a second fart knocker. (laughs) (laughs) So, Um, and then we move to perhaps their greatest enemy, or the ones that certainly their most storied enemy, which is the Dwarven Empire. So there's a number of ongoing sieges, fallen uh, Dwarven Holds. You're looking at the City of Pillars, which is Carrigate Peaks, which was taken over by Clan Moors. And that really is a huge source of wealth for the Skaven, not just only in terms of warpstone, but also in raw materials to make armor, weapons, to provide materials to Clan Scryer to build their war machines, that kind of thing. Then there's the Black Crag, which is a a small enough garrison, but they use it to spy on the greenskins. So there's a few agents of Clan Eshin who are the assassins and spies of the Skaven Empire there. You then have Karak Ungor, Again, another small garrison, but they have recently found deposits of warpstone. So that's going to start swelling in size and will be an influence on the local tribes of greenskins and nearby dwarven holes. And then Varn, which was the first ever hold to be conquered by the Skaven. So this was one of these ones where they flooded the lower levels with night goblins, again calling back to that tale uh, of them taking over that Dwarf hole. The Skaven like to use other races as the kind of anvil to their hammer mm. uh, when taking over difficult opponents.
1: That's that's a great tactic. That's, that's what we do in Dungeons & Dragons. We've got this uh, tactic of always trying to recruit, befriend, even if they're initially enemies, if we can woo them, we'll get them to join our posse and then we'll just send them into battle first. Great meat shields. It's a really good tactic as well. (laughs) Cunning.
2: So to sum up the Under Empire, it's the ratty version of the London Underground writ large, which ultimately means that a citizen of the Old World is never more than a mile away from a band of Skaven, which is quite a terrifying thought, really.
1: Wow. Mm. Yeah. You mentioned the, it's the dwarves which engage the most with the Skaven earlier. Is that right? Or is that just in a certain area? But the, the, my real question was is that just because they're both underground architects and they just clash a lot inherently because of that?
2: Yes. It's the nearness. In terms of uh, combat, it's like that really rubbish TV show location, location, location.
1: <laughs> with Phil and Kirsty.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, please. We have to do a sketch up of a uh, Skaven Kirsty.
1: <laughs> oh God! Horrific! What nightmares are made of? Questions on the Under Empire.
0: I have one question. I think you said Carrick Eight Peaks was obviously now a, a Skaven settlement. Uh, was that the one yes. that the the Skaven poisoned the water supply?
2: No, you moron. That was Carrick Seven Peaks.
0: <laughs> See what you did there. <laughs>
2: Yes, that was Caracate Peaks, the right. very first kind of doc- documented major battle with the dwarves. The and dwarves. We, we could we can all see that the Skaven character and values were perfectly on display there for that one.
0: Yes, yes. Again, not something we're proud of and you know, extensive PR campaign to, to cover that up. My question is you said that it was uh, they get a lot of resources from this yes one thing you meant yeah. like for, for making armor and weapons stuff one thing we I don't think we've mentioned is the, the manual I know we're going to get onto weapons but like the manufacture of them do they have blacksmiths and forges in the Under Empire do they or do they just reconstitute weapons that they they get off of their enemies their enemies
1: buddies no they craft their own shit don't they clan scryer a pretty tinkery is that right Darren yeah <laughs> <laughs> Who are you and what have you done with Kral? <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Let me, yeah. let, let, let me let me be more Krell. Bo? <laughs> there we go. Scavon, <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: No. Uh, so a lot of the more esoteric and complicated weapons and machines are produced by Clan squire. So anything involving the kind of projection of warpstone or warpstone powder, anything that has like more than 3 or 4 moving parts mm. uh, is built by clan Scryer. each warlord clan these are the kind of the kind of teeming verminous general clans so really nothing of note other than tons of skaven they do have their own methods for producing armor and for producing weapons very much like that scene in lord of the rings if you can remember the the urukai, yes, uh, I do remember having it, yeah. their all their machi- all their stuff cast rather than forged. So yeah. it's very much that not great quality weapons, but enough to stick in an unarmored opponent from right. the side or the back, really, right, which right. is what Skaven want to do. Nice.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense.
1: I have a couple of queries about the Under Empire. You got these massive sprawling highways and stuff. Well, a couple of things. One, they're like hundreds of miles. I mean, they're epically long. Yes. They don't have any other way to get around apart from on their feet, hands and paws, right? They don't it's not like a hyperloop system. They haven't got like vehicles they can just pop in.
0: Like a, like a skaven like subway system, like a bus, a bus network. Yeah
1: skaven hyperloop by skaven elon musk
0: like like yeah he's a like skaven bikes like boris bikes but um
1: well you need you need more than boris bikes because they're massive aren't they you know massive long highways hundreds of miles long i just wondered how they get around apart from just mooching around it's a it's it's long you know
2: (laughs) i mean the honest answer is i don't recall ever reading anything about like a mass transit system. However, there are a couple of illustrations. One, I think, shows a type of monorail in one of their, uh, I think it's the kind of cross-section of the Under-Empire under Middenheim or under one of the other Empire cities. I'll dig it out, and I'll put it in the show okay. notes, but it shows the kind of depth and complexity under there. I mean, there's things they, they've built or seconded viaducts, Dwarven viaducts.
0: Mm, okay,
2: um, okay. There's right. lots of scaffolding. I mean, yeah. most Hold of on.
0: these... Isn't the start sequence of Vermintide, don't you get on a monorail in that? Because as you pass the Gracier, who's talking with that Chaos Lord... And they're they're talking about the warp portal that they've made. You're you're on like a monorail, aren't you? you? You you fly past them.
2: Yeah, but that's like a prisoner transfer system. That's just like for one. What we're talking about is there one for like tens or hundreds of right. Skaven at a time? Being oh, able I know, to
1: see. Like, okay, right, right, right. For the scaven commuters, you know.
2: Yeah, it's the difference, I suppose, between a ski lift and a train. Hmm.
1: Okay. Okay, second question. Uh, I, yeah. I can I imagine, I'm just assuming here, that a lot of these warrens and things, there some of them are more permanent than others. So they some of them might disappear as quick as they or cave in and, and just destroy collapse on themselves or whatever as as quickly as yeah. they're made. Kind of like the shifting sands, do you know what I mean? Like you you, you couldn't map it out permanently. There may be some more permanent routes or longer term routes than others, but is the is the underground Warren? Is it always ever changing as well?
2: Barring disasters, either natural or intentional, you have a, a fixed core and a constantly undulating edge. Mm-hmm. Um, right, so once you get into the kind of smaller areas or, or or less important settlements, like there's not as much scaffolding, there's not as and uh, not as much bracing of the tunnel. If if you can imagine almost all under empire settlements look like, and I'm certainly not casting aspersions here, look like the Brazilian favelas, you know, these huge shanty towns. Oh yeah. If you can imagine them writ large, I mean, a lot of these places have kind of communal sleeping areas based on your clan affiliation. And effectively it's just a gently sloping cone of hay in, you know, either fresh or matted. You're looking at clothes. I bet that's well
0: cheap on Mm. Mm. (laughs) Booking.com.
1: Like you could easily get... Private room with shared bathroom. (laughs) With (laughs) With one million other (laughs) residents. (laughs) In an up-and-coming, highly social area.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The, The thing is, is that it would be one bedroom that is also a shared bathroom
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) open plan living we call it open plan living (laughs)
2: yeah so you're you're looking at you know hundreds of skaven all bedding down in the same room at the same time you know with the uh, broken down by hierarchy where you've got the leader at the top who's able to uh, sleep in and i quote fresh air and then you know as your status diminishes it's lower down the pile of uh, scaven you are mm, so you, mm. you can imagine you know a, a load of heavily armored rats just sleeping on top of each other
1: right uh, nice yeah nice but there's a well buttered sandwich <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of
0: spooning goes on there can you spoon <laughs> as a rat yeah I suppose you probably could spoon as a
2: as a rat man <laughs> and we encourage all listeners to send in sketches (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) right so if if that's that we'll pull back from the under empire and focus ourselves once again on skavenblight and we'll have a look at the top rats the council of 13 so as mentioned in previous episodes, the Council of Thirteen are 12 Skaven, the 13th place being reserved ceremonially for the Horned Rat himself. These are known as the Lords of Decay. These are the guiding council of all of Skavendom. And they, as Chris alluded to in the intro, they had to pass a test 200 years ago, where they had to touch the Black Warpstone Pillar of the Commandments. And these I'm going to use the word guys. These guys were the only Skaven to survive. Mm. Uh, And so they were set up as the Lords of Decay. And they have not changed in 200 years. Certainly some Skaven warlord every now and then passes the test of the pillar, but then is unable to kill one of the Lords of Decay so that they could take their place. It's
0: quite a rigorous application
2: process, isn't it? Absolutely. You know, it's not a boots questionnaire. Yeah, Christ. So so this council offers a level of stability to the kind of long-term plans for the Skaven race. And so it's made up of, as I said, 12 figures, all of whom are protected by these albino storm vermin bodyguards. I think we mentioned it right at the start that you're born into your status in the Skaven Empire. So brown Skaven are just ordinary clan rats. They're just the kind of run-in-the-mill Skaven. furred Skaven are then the storm vermins. These are the real kind of shock troops of the Skaven Empire. And albino Skaven are then turned into the bodyguards of the Council of Thirteen. And these are really the kind of fanatical troops. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the council is made up of some rather characterful uh, Skaven. We mentioned Seer Lord Christuslick, who has not only the honour of being the leader of all grey seers, but has his own breakfast cereal.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, I recall last time, it took Ben a long time to come to terms to understand that name.
2: Oh, yeah. Krusty well,
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that 2Js or...?
0: <laughs> i still have no idea what you're fucking talking about but that's fine it's
1: fine <laughs> just let it go ben it, it does sound very unscaven christy flicks it sounds quite delightful <laughs> well it's, it's
2: it's it certainly does if you mispronounce it chris it's christy slick christy flick
0: okay, that's why you said crusty flakes
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: god here we go again
2: oh i think
0: it's just, we just draw a line i heard that i say that guy's
1: name <laughs> ever again christy Flint.
2: right so the leader of the gray seers is not only the leader of all gray seers he's also the secret uh, ruler of a, a warlord clan clan Scruton, uh, which is relatively <laughs> Sorry, easy <what>? to pronounce <laughs> Scrutons. <laughs> Scrutin with an N. Scrutin. <laughs>
0: it's kind of a cross between scrutinizing scrotum.
2: <laughs> One should always scrutinize your scrotum, especially at this age. It's very,
0: It's very yeah, it's very important. You know, looking for a lump yeah. in a bag of lumps. It's no small task. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you shouldn't laugh about that shit. Us eunuchs would be very, very offended. <laughs> 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 so this guy he he's sorry he is also the secret leader he's one of the Lords of Decay and he's the leader of a secret clan Scruton
2: uh, no he's Scruton is a publicly traded clan and he's the secret <laughs> ruler of it rather than it being a secret
1: so everyone clan. knows about Scruton even though that was the first time I've heard about this clan but this guy is the leader of it but no one knows he's the leader of it he's the secret leader of it
2: Yeah.
0: So who's the public-facing yeah, yeah. leader? Who
1: who do people think the leader of Scruton yeah, like is? The
2: dummy leader.
1: Yeah. Who's the canary? Who's the fall guy?
2: If memory serves, it's someone by the
1: name of. If memory serves, we're looking at you as the oracle, Darren Malcolm Scrotum. <laughs> I, I have no
2: fucking idea.
1: Okay, I, I, I'm assuming that we're going to get to why he is the secret leader. There's a there's an ulterior motive here. There's
2: no, no, it's, it, it's really just to highlight his influence. A lot of the right. Lords of Decay are, uh, you know, they're a backstabbing bunch of rat-based cunts. Mm-hmm. So they will absolutely, <laughs> you know, use every means necessary to be able to exert their power and influence. So if you're not only the head of the kind of priesthood of the Horned Rat, which mm. the gray seers are, but you also have a warlord clan, this, you know, tens of thousands of armoured Skaven ready to do your beckoning at any time, Mm. uh, you can pretty much guarantee that anything you want to get done will get done.
1: So he keeps that secret now. Okay, so that kind of makes sense. But seeing as the Skaven are inherently backstabbing, power-hungry, selfish, self-centered species... Do the yes. do the members of the Scrotum Clan know that this guy is the leader boss as well as the leader of all Skaven, and therefore did they betray him with that knowledge? Did you just call them the Scrotum Clan? No, I call them the Scrotum Clan. I, don't, I have, what's the name again? I can't remember. Scrotum is Just call They'll be the known ones as the Scrotes right. from now. The Scrotes. Yeah, the Scrotes. <laughs> the clan Scrotes. <laughs> do the tens of thousands of the members of the Scroats, do they manage to keep it secret on the most part then? Do they even know he's the leader of their clan?
2: I think the vast majority of them don't know that he's their leader because why would he make that available?
1: Um, then who do they listen to?
2: So it's going to be their own warlord who is controlled then by Christoslik. So... If you can remember, they're a fear-based race. That's what motivates them. So if you've got the most powerful sorcerer in the Skaven realm, who is also the high priest of your god, you're probably going to listen to him.
1: Yeah, then he doesn't really need to keep a secret. Because, I mean, like, he's twice as fearful. But I'm not a scaven, I don't understand, you know. I so fair enough. Well
2: but. I think I think I think it comes down to the graciers having to maintain a level of impartiality because they're viewed as the priests of not only the horned rat, but they're also messengers and kind of special agents of the Council of Thirteen. So if you have a council member who is also Meant to be somewhat impartial in terms of his attitude towards the kind of Skaven clans, sure. Who yeah. also yeah. has a clan under his direct control, mm. yeah. uh, then yeah. that's yeah. going to cause problems. Conflict, and, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes okay. sense. All right.
2: Yeah, so I, I think that's a good example of how convoluted Skaven politics can get, and how the Council of Thirteen members are constantly vying for control and power in the wider Skaven Empire.
1: Mm. Got it. All right. Okay. Sorry, yeah, and j- I, I've never heard of the Scroton clan. I, have you mentioned them before? Scroton? No, Scruton. I, I mean,
2: I've only mentioned... Uh, <laughs> I've only I've only mentioned...
0: <laughs> <gasps> Darren talks about his Scrotum all the time, Chris. You're obviously just not listening. Like. I know. Sorry.
2: I mean, as it gets lower, it's a constant source of conversation. You know, <laughs> it's why I can't wear kilts anymore.
1: Uh, 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 uh. He always just lets it peek out just to break the ice. Yeah. Oh, 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 this thing? Oh, that's just my scrotum,
2: <laughs> uh, Mister Barber. What a unique sparring you have, <laughs> Mister Barber. Uh, you seem to have a bit of brain showing. Are you, are you cold, Darren? Is <laughs> <A> it cold? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> so moving on from Diane Scrotum. So the, the council is made up of lots of other interesting characters. I'll just give you a handful here. You've got a uh, Pascrit the Vast, who is this morbidly obese general of all Skaven Warlord armies. He you know, ostensibly, he's the one that advises which clan gets sent on which mission of the warlord clans so he doesn't affect the kind of four great clans that we'll touch on soon. You've got, which I think was, the next one is a a subject we've not touched on really in in our eight previous episodes. We've got Vrisk the Ironscratch, who is the fleet master of the Skaven (sighs) world. So he's in charge of all of the Skaven clan fleets and he's, he also has his own warlord clan, which is Clan Scurvy. Amusingly enough, nice. a, a disease, a maritime disease. That's very um, cool. But it does touch on Skaven do have their own fleets of ships. Yeah, where the
0: fuck are they? Are they, uh, they can't be kept in the Under-Empire.
2: Uh, Well, very much like the Dwarven port of Barakvar, it's an inlet that comes in under a mountain. That's Barakvar. The Skaven have numerous kind of -of out-of-the-way little inlets and bays that they control, but you'll find a lot of it, obviously, on the coastal areas or near wide river mouths that they control themselves. So anywhere there's a swamp or a marsh, that's a viable launching point for a Skaven fleet. Wow. Um, historically, there was a game out in the mid nineties called Man of War, which was a miniature naval battle game. And you did have a Skaven fleet. There were uh, three so cool. kind of named ships. You had the Doombringer which was this which brought doom yeah which brought doom which was this enormous kind of paddle steamer a uh, warp warp powered paddle steamer that had this enormous bell on it like the bell at the top of the cathedral and like at the, the kind of screaming bells that they use in combat so when this bell would start tolling there would be magical effects that would be impacting it and it would rupture you know very much like sonic weaponry would rupture the hulls of enemy ships You had the warp raiders, which were these very fast, uh, smaller paddle ships that had a huge, like the size of uh, a terrace of houses, warp fire thrower on the front of it, which would just, you know, set fire to any ship or coastal point that it was aimed at. Uh, And then you had clan pestilence, if you remember, they migrated from Lustria to the Southlands, but they also had their own fleets and they... Uh, use this thing called a death burner which uh, again it looks like a small paddle steamer with a crane at the front and that hanging from that crane as a enormous plague sensor which is just this ball in which uh, warp fire powder is burned and it makes everyone dreadfully sick um dave did you have this when we were younger, yes. Because I rec—I've just googled yeah, yeah, yeah. it and I
0: recognize all. Uh, just as you were describing the the first one, the paddle steamer, I was like, I remember that. I remember those miniatures. They are so so cool, man.
2: Yeah, we played a couple of games of it. it yeah, was quite good. I think
0: so. Very oh, cool. Yeah.
2: Anyway, so yes, yeah, so that's a key insight into the uh, a lesser kind of explored aspect of um the Warhammer world, which is its naval battles, its naval forces, uh, nice. and we'll touch on. Uh, If you guys would like, we'll touch on that in all the other races as well. Yeah,
0: definitely. That's very cool.
2: We then get into the Warlord clans, and these are just innumerable, but some of the for the Lords of Decay, anyway, you've got some, again, great characters. Uh, You've got Grisneck Mancarver. Guess what he does? And he's in charge of Clan Scab. Uh, And then this guy has the best name. Arch Pontifex Stitch. (laughs) Who is in charge of Clan Morbidus? Clan Morbidus? Clan Morbidus. Oh, that's cool. What's his name? It's Arch Pontifex Sitch. Arch Pontifex Stitch. No, Sitch. S-I-T-C-H. Sitch.
1: So what I said, Sitch?
2: <laughs> yeah, like like which, but with a S. su. <laughs>
1: arch that seems a bit of a pompous name for a Skaven, rather than ratty claw. (laughs) (laughs) Jibba-jabba.
2: I like the idea that you think that Skaven aren't pompous.
1: (laughs) They aren't pompous, they're a bunch of rats, they're just kind of fecal-eating, breeding rats, right? You're very
2: kind of scat-focused this episode, what's going on Chris, you alright
1: mate? (laughs) I had a weird upbringing, that's all I'll say. (laughs) (laughs) He's a scat
0: man (laughs) Unexpected lumps are no joke At least not yours anyway Other people's lumps are hilarious But yours are no laughing matter We all have lumps Some lumps are fine the way they are Don't worry about it, it's just a lump Some lumps are great Hey yo, nice lumps But lumps where you least expect them Oh shit Ah, nobody likes those lumps. Here at Flumpy Lumps Limited, we're on a mission to eradicate unwanted lumps, bumps, and bulges. We've teamed up with lump expert Clan Scruton to create the latest in lump locating technology. Introducing the Scruton Scrotum Scrutinizer. Have you ever scrutinized your scrotum? Well, now you don't have to. With the Scruton Scrotum Scrutinizer, searching for lumps in your bag of lumps just got a whole bunch easier. Here's the not-so-secret leader of Clan Scruton, Seer Lord Kristislik, to tell us how it works. Great. Just great. Thanks, Krusty Flakes. So if you're concerned about a clump of plump lumps in your lump bag, fear not, we have the solution. The Scruton Scrotum Scrutinizer. Scrutinize that Scrotum. Lumpy Lumps Limited is a trading name of Scryertech. All rights reserved.
2: Right, so that's really the Council of Thirteen, or the Lords of Decay. We mentioned the Grey Seers there, with Seer Lord Christus Lix, And he rules the Grey Seers, who are the uh, messengers and ambassadors and special agents of the Lords of Decay. They're the ones that are sent on special missions. They're the ones who are responsible for forces, either in a kind of generalship role or an advisory role. And they also represent the horned rat himself wherever they are. And so a lot of the clans live in fear of these Skaven because the Grey Seers can simply declare a clan heretical and the rest of uh, Skaven society then has to come down and kill them. Uh, So
1: really... Very much the kind of ratty Inquisitor. Do they sometimes just out of spite, just go, mm, Clan Pestilence, for example, you're done. Everyone kill Clan's Pestilence, just because, I don't know, they, they they rubbed them up the wrong way? Or are they actually quite, do they refrain from just doing that kind of shallow, fickle, petty stuff? Because, that's, because they're the council. They're bigger than that.
2: I think they want to do that. I think they want to throw their weight around, but... Gracier Lord rules them with an iron fist. So mm. they're significantly more politically savvy than the leaders of any one given clan because they have to enact not just the will of the horned rat and not just the will of the council, but also the will of their ruler, Christus Lix, because mm. he's kind of trying to hold Skaven society together with a view to becoming its ultimate leader. I
1: see. Uh,
2: and so he can't have any of his priesthood Just, you know, destroying clans because he might have an idea of what he wants to do with those clans in the near future.
1: And could you imagine if they found out that their supreme leader was the secret leader of Scruton? I mean, that would just be bombshell, wouldn't it?
2: (laughs) I'm not sure. I think a fair few of them realize what's happening, but they're clever enough to keep their mouth shut out of fear of being just simply sacrificed. Okay, I mean, yeah. they're a semi-religious order. So there's a constant stream of slaves being sacrificed uh, at Blight, or indeed wherever the Greysseers find themselves. So, yeah, I think the most religious focused of the organizations within Skaven society. Okay. An interesting thing is that you can't recruit, you can't join the Greysseers. You have to be born into it. And so... It's Skaven who are born with either gray or white fur. And I'm be, I'm saying white fur, not albinos. Albinos are the bodyguards for the Lords of Decay. Gray or white fur, and you have to have two little horns starting to come out of your skull. So really, these are the horned Skaven. So any Skaven with horns, with natural horns coming out of their head rather than as decoration on a helmet, uh, they are undoubtedly gray seers. Okay. Uh, and hi. they're trained from birth. To be sorcerers, to be priests and to be, as I said, more intelligent and aware than the day-to-day Skaven. Yeah. So yeah. is there
0: is there like a like a school, like a magic school
2: there then? You know, how
0: how are these gray seers trained?
2: Well, they're given all their sorceress training and their kind of education in Skaven society and how to command at the kind of main cathedral at the heart of Skavenblight. Right. If you recall, that's the huge tower. Yeah. Um that was built in, in that fabled kind of origin story of the Skaven society itself, or the Skaven race itself. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. So a lot of the great stories, novels, and kind of exploits of the Skaven, certainly through Warhammer novels and their own Warhammer army books, are seen through the eyes of Grey Seers, specifically the Gray Seer Thankwall, who is this legendary character within Skaven society, especially within the Grey Sears, he's pretty much seen as a lucky fool who is alternately blessed and cursed by the horned rat. So anything he touches tends to turn to shit, <laughs> but in a good way. He tends to cue <laughs> <Q laughs> Benny Hill. What? <laughs> he tends to he tends to come out on top through just the machinations of the Lords of Decay. So nice. even his failures are spun in a positive light. You know, I'm I'm specifically referencing the Siege of Nuln, yeah. mm. um, where a third of Nuln was destroyed because of his own incompetence as a general, which led to the almost complete destruction of the warlord clan he was guiding. But, you know, when he was hauled in front of the Lords of Decay to explain himself, it was revealed that the clan in question had begun to rebel against the Council of 13. So their destruction was seen as a great victory, while also really slowing down the production of war machines in the Empire's greatest manufacturing city. So he was held up as a hero. And as a reward, his... Faithful rat ogre called Bone Ripper was uh, brought back to life. So there's a, a great miniature of Thankwall next to this kind of rat ogre-sized amalgamation of, you know, decaying muscle, bone, hmm. and wood and technology. Who's got this kind of zombie Frankenstein monster-esque that's identity? Okay, well, well. in the age of Sigmar, which is the game that happens after Warhammer. Thankwall is there as well with a a relatively new backstory, but his his rat ogre, Bone Ripper, is this enormous four-armed monstrosity whose arms can be either tipped with uh, warp fire throwers or uh, warp sensors. It's an absolute beast in combat and is uh, a great model to look at. Yeah, That's cool. So we close out this episode with a, a, a look at the vast majority of Skaven society, which is the warlord clans. These are the run-of-the-mill Skaven that all the patrols and counts are that form up the bulk of armies of any Skaven invasion or incursion. Again, as we mentioned earlier, it's really down to your birth, where your status is in the Skaven empire, and especially true in warlord clans. So the brown-furred skin or Skaven are the clan rats. These are the foot troops. These are the basic troops of the Skaven Empire, usually seen armed. They've got some form of armor on them. They've got their circular or triangular shields, and they're armed with either a, an incredibly rusty knife or sword mm-hmm. or an equally rusty spear from which to attack uh, from a bit more of a distance. Mm. Um, These are also the, this is the bulk of the troops that we encounter when we're playing Vermintide. The bulk of them are clan rats.
0: Did you you see many
2: of the, the albino,
0: rats in vermin tide I remember seeing the storm the storm vermin but
2: yeah yeah, the storm vermin we encounter but no I mean if you were to encounter an albino skaven it means that not far away there's a lord of decay and you should run for everything you can right okay Okay. yeah roger that got it Now, given the nature of Skaven warfare, there's constant civil war and constant kind of machinations of not only the leaders of these warlord clans, but also of the Council of Thirteen. A lot of these Skaven are taken as slaves. A lot of clan rats, when captured, are relegated to the position of Skaven slaves, which, you know, this is a huge demotion in status. They're effectively no better than... Any other race in the eyes of the Skaven, they capture a lot of humans and a lot of dwarves and elves and orcs and use them as uh, slaves in their mines or in their fields. So would
0: you have then in those mines and fields and stuff, would you have like human and, and dwarf slaves working alongside Skaven slaves?
2: Absolutely. Until you know, a a, a grey seer came along and then ordered all of them, all the humans to be sacrificed or all the dwarves to be sacrificed to the glory of the horned rat. Yeah, you'd see yeah, slave society in the Under-Empire is quite cosmopolitan (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like a Benetton advert Yeah. Yeah. Yeah
0: (laughs) Everybody knows somebody called (laughs) Vajovia.
2: So an interesting characteristic of Skaven slaves is when a clan rat is captured and becomes a slave, their fur starts to fall out uh, and you get these kind of mangy, patchy looking Skaven. Again, a multitude of which we've faced in Vermintide. They're the kind of, you know, flesh colored ones that come at you. Like mole rats
1: that look like scrotums. Yeah, Enough. Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Clan Scruton Scrotums, yeah. Scruton Scrotums. Scruton Scrotums. Look at the Scrotums on those Scrutons.
2: As Ben alluded to there, the Storm Vermin really are the shock troops of Skaven Warlord clans. Uh, These are the black-furred, more muscular, bulky troops who have better armour, better weaponry, and are more fanatical in their attack. You know, these troops probably have a, a very limited access to a bit of warp stone every now and then to help boost their strength and boost their uh, their life expectancy. And really, they're usually armed with these massive halberds. God, you can just imagine, like before they go into like battle, you know, there's just like I don't
0: know, seer comes down and just like racks up a shitload of lines of powdered warp stone and all the stormass <laughs> fucking. Boosh, like hit a big old line of it and get out of there and kill some
2: humans. Like,
0: wow. What a, what, a, what a mad party that'd be.
1: I tell you... What a I, pep talk. <laughs> get this in
2: your face. I mean, Okay. Stick this up your beak. I'll be honest with you. I suspect it's exactly like that. Especially, if, especially <laughs> if they're going after crucial targets. They'll be given a lot more resources by the council and by the great clans to be able to get in there. So seeing a load of shock troops off their tits on warp dust i yeah that would put that would <laughs> yeah. put the shits uh, up you yeah. uh,
0: uh, just give them a like a warpstone nose bag,
1: <laughs> warpstone nose no, bag. No, no, no. i'd like to see a one-on-one of a skaven storm fiend jacked up on powdered warpstone versus uh which of the orc clans that like ass spiders
2: <laughs> oh one the um, the savage
1: orcs. Yeah. Yeah, yes, Savage Orc. One Savage a, Orc versus a a Storm Fiend, you know, both jacked up on their poison of choice. Who's gonna win? Put your money down.
0: Yeah, and the commentary coming from what was the the MTV, the boxing match. Oh, Death Match. There is it death death match, match, the anime?
2: Yeah, yeah,
0: one. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So good. I'd love to see that. Or a commentary from um the two guys off a of dodgeball. <laughs> 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 He's not going to be able to see well with that old card. <laughs>
1: Pepper needs new shorts. Or the Aussie man reviews. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: Yes, definitely. We've looked at the bulk of a warlord clan there with the clan rats, the extremely strong storm vermin, and then the kind of hordes of skaven slaves, either used in the first wave of a given attack on a, an enemy or used to gather resources. Really, then, it's the leadership of these warlord clans. That's the last part of this episode. It, these are either Skaven who've been identified as being, you know, having a destiny or being of benefit to the Skaven Empire by Grey Sears or the Lord of Decay. Uh, and so they're given resources, both magical and chemical, to increase their stature and power. Very much, I think, like the orcs. Um, A a huge number of successes in combat builds not only a fearsome reputation, which is paramount in Skaven society, but also allows you access to all these other resources, which builds up your physicality. So a lot of these warlords are quite imposing figures. They'll tower above an ordinary clan rat, and they'll have the best of armor, the best of weapons, magical items are kind of laid at their feet, either by... The Grey Seers are taking them from enemies. So you've got a lot of Skaven warlords who use magical items forged by other races against the races that forge them. If you're looking at some being like Queek Headtaker, absolutely great name. (laughs) He has this kind of red warp storm forged armor and then he has two weapons he has a, a, a sword which is a, a powerful kind of warpstone sword but he's also got this dwarven pick which he uses to kind of burst through heavily armored targets specifically dwarves he also has this enormous rack of uh, trophies on his armor alright get it out nice I, I paused with rack get out your system <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, so that's really the warlord clans. They're the they're the Skaven that are most commonly encountered by other races, they're the forces that are thrown by the leadership of Skaven society at enemies most commonly. Uh, and they're also augmented by the four great clans, Clan Moulder, Clan Eshin, Clan Pestilence, and Clan Scryer. We'll look at those clans, the great clans, in our final Skaven episode next time. Sweet.
1: Mm. Oh, man. We've that been Skaven-laden these past two or three episodes. I mean, there's still more to come. Yeah. I mean... As an orc fan, I feel a little bit shortchanged. That <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's loads of orc clans that we could get on, but I guess the Skaven have got a rich heritage that's mm. worth exploring, right? Absolutely, we'll get
0: we'll get around to the Orcs' crest. Don't you? don't you worry. Yeah, Should I think, we do I think we're next? done with the
1: Orcs, though. Though that right? What do you mean we're done with the Orcs? I mean, we, we covered the orcs before, didn't we? But it was just kind of, yeah, there's a few clans of orcs, you know, we've got the savage orcs, we've got the iron jaws. But yeah, but let's fair. talk about the Skaven. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you agreed
0: to this, motherfucker. All right. <laughs> we literally just touched on the orc clan names. That's it. You know, we we didn't. Mm. Uh, uh, Darren, am I right in saying there's a hell of a lot more detail under the tip of that ice?
2: Oh yeah, there's a good five or six episodes we could be had on orcs and goblins oh, by themselves. There you yeah. go, Chris. There you go, mate. Right, okay. But now I know it's important. We're going to do them last. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I dick mean, move. Dick Dick. <laughs>
1: Are you saying yeah. that there is an end to this series? You've already planned that out.
2: Well, we're going to run out of material. We're going to run
1: out of races. And when we do, we may as well talk about the yeah. old plans. Okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> All, right. All right. I'll, I'll accept All right. that. All right. So, Krell,
0: if you had to pick right, one of the cities that has an under city... Mm. Which one would it be? What's the what's the best
1: possible scenario in a shit situation? Okay, in a shit situation. Apart from Skavenblight itself, well, there was the Skavenblight wannabe place, the kind of up and coming. Yeah, the, the, what was that place under, called? Underall Dorf. Under yeah, yeah. I'll do that just to annoy the Skavenblight citizens. <laughs> i be like, "Yeah, you are Skavenblight, but <laughs> everyone knows you really want to be us." And it's kind of like, you know what I mean? It's just a bit smarmy. True. Yeah, I'm all yeah, about totally. smiling.
0: I mean, I would have, I would have gone for. I think it was Middenheim because you had the the kind of constant human and dwarf patrols
1: under the yeah. city. You know, so yeah.
0: in terms of kind of defense, but
1: Middenheim was like one of the only bastions that couldn't that the Skaven had no chance, or that could actually fight back. Yeah. Right. Well, so, yeah. I mean,
0: I guess I'm saying it's probably preferable
1: from a human and dwarf perspective rather than uh, a Skaven perspective. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, depending on which side of the so fence you sit on, I'd rather be in Minheim with Manfred yeah. von Skaven fucker. <laughs> <laughs> Previously known as Skaven lover,
0: Skaven Skaven, bar, Skaven mother lover. And Darren, um, uh, Yeah, thanks for the episode. So that's it. That's all from us. Thank you so much for
2: listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, Darren. No, I'm just gonna roll with it. But really goodbye. <laughs> Screw you guys. I'm going home Alright, that's all
0: from us. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about the topics we've discussed in this podcast, you can find all the reference articles in the show notes or on our website at layingdownthelore.com. You can also reach us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And just a reminder, we are now on Patreon. So if you're keen to join our Discord clan and shoot the shit with us, or you're excited to hear our bonus podcast series, Chunks of Dar in which we grill down on topics covered in this podcast or you really want us to start releasing content more frequently head over to patreon.com forward slash laying down the lore and sign up today we'll be back again next month displaying just how little chris and i know until then cheery bye bye
1: bye 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 goodbye my friends